The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. Only got 30 minutes, so let's get to it on the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News for Sunday, April 18th. We're going to check in with Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. Talk about IRAs. Hey, what are donor-advised funds? Are they right for your charitable giving? That's on the way. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Danny. Hey, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, and good morning to Southwest Florida. Another great week in the markets. In fact, the Dow Jones and the S&P 500. Derek, finished at all-time highs. They closed at record highs, both up a little bit over 1% for the week. In fact, every sector in the S&P 500 was positive this week. And that is really good news, and there's so much pent-up demand that we're starting to see. And one of those reports that came out that confirmed that was the retail sales report that we saw earlier this week. Right. March retail sales came in at 9.8% up in March, uh, recovering a great deal from the cold weather conditions we saw in February. Uh, Basically, retail sales are back above where they were pre-COVID, so a very strong result there. In addition, the same day, jobless claims dropped to 576,000, which is the lowest since March of 2020. Since the pandemic began, and so people are going back to work. Retail sales are starting to go up, and we're not surprised because of the stimulus checks that went out. People are certainly spending those things. And so we have good news coming, and we saw the GDP report go up as well. That's right. The Atlanta Fed, uh, they, they continually update their GDP forecast based on numbers as they occur. And right now they're looking at 8.3% growth in Q1. Uh, Goldman Sachs is basically at 6% GDP growth for 2021 and 2022. And the other thing that happened on Friday that I thought was interesting is Waller, one of the new members of the FOMC, came on uh, CNBC and basically said the economy is ready to rip to focus on the levels of the economy, not the growth rates, because we're not back to where we were, because he did note there's still 8.5 million unemployed people out there. And so that really brings up the whole idea of what is the Fed going to do. I know last week, Sunday, on 60 Minutes, the Fed chair, Jay Powell, said that we're going to keep interest rates low for a significant amount of time, meaning the entire 2021 and perhaps 2022. But on the other side, you have all of this good news. We have the economy doing better. People are getting back to work. So I think they're in a bit of a conundrum. Uh, they are. Um, they, I think they've subtly changed their process a little bit. Um, you know, in the past, they were trying to get to 2% inflation and could, didn't come anywhere close. So what they're saying now is they're going to focus on the outcomes, not forecasts. So until they actually see that inflation number above 2%, they're not going to act and they're not going to hike rates. And, and it, But not just 2% on a snapshot basis, but as symmetry is what he called it. So it's going to have to average 2%. So obviously it's going to have to go above that number for a significant amount of time. Right. So it would run hot. And the other thing they keep focusing on, too, is that unemployment rate, which got as low as 3.5% a couple of years ago. Uh, we're at 6% currently. So there's a long way to go between 6 and 3.5%. You know, and what I found uh, interesting this week, too, was the 10-year Treasury. Everyone was a bit freaked out as it started to move towards 2%. The market got a little uh, hanky back and forth. But, you know, at 1.56, 1.59, I think, is where we closed on Friday. I mean, that 10-year Treasury is kind of stuck. Well, we, we talked about this 
this uh, last couple of weeks that to foreign buyers, U.S. Treasuries look really attractive in negative yields in, in many parts of the world. So a, a U.S. 10-year Treasury trading at 1.57 uh, is not so bad. Plus, you know, you've got the faith and credit of the United States government behind you, which um, is becoming a little bit suspect given recent, right. recent trends. But again, the fixed income markets have kind of pulled back, but we do believe in the long run interest rates are poised to go a little bit higher. A little higher. Uh, rates uh, do remain low. We did see a number of earnings came out, and we started with banks. However, Morgan Stanley did, uh, even though they had a really good number, they were on the bad end of a trade of a hedge fund or family offices. They called it blew up uh, last week. Right. They lost a billion dollars. You know, the thing that was interesting to me about that is, you know, I used to work for a hedge fund in some capacity, and what I was surprised about is that they were allowing a, a single client to have prime brokerage accounts at multiple broker dealers. Right. So they didn't have transparency. So each individual firm like Morgan Stanley did not know what they were doing at Goldman Sachs or, or other places. Right. And, and that just seems unconscionable. It's another regulatory uh, snafu that I would hope the new SEC chairman addresses. And you know that we've seen that before. So obviously we hope that uh, it's not a domino effect happening in other places. All of this being said, earnings are coming out. We expect blowout earnings because Derek, a year ago, the economy was shut down. We were shut down the latter half of March. I think it was around St. Patrick's Day, if I recall. Um, and, and next quarter, we're actually going to go against an easier comparison. So right now, the analysts are suggesting 26% earnings growth in Q1, which could be as high as 30% of beat rates are what we expect them to be, and over 50% earnings growth in Q2. Now, that's a lot of good news, but we are up 90% from the lows. And I want to repeat that. We're up 90% from the lows last March. Which is all the reason more, Danny, that people should know what they own, why they own it, and how much they're paying for it. Yep, those questions, and we can help you answer them. Uh, Annex Wealth Management is a fee-only fiduciary. That is the most important thing we can tell you. It's one team that's investment and retirement planning and tax planning and estate planning. Again, is a fee-only fiduciary. Our website is AnnexWealth.com. You click the Get Started button, and we'll get going on a free portfolio analysis and a framework for a financial plan. Kick our tires. Give us a try. There is more to come, a lot more to come. Stick around. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Good morning, Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. Good morning, Danny. Let's talk about what can be a vital part of an investment and retirement plan, the IRA, or the Individual Retirement Account. So way back when, many companies provided pensions for their employees, but that's also when employees would spend an entire career with one company, right, Brian? Right. Companies that had or thought they had stable annual revenues and earnings would use pensions as a benefit to attract and keep employees for long periods of time, but that has since changed. Yeah, there was that shift decades ago when the era of 401ks started and other individual retirement plans like IRAs. Brian, what would you say is the ballpark percentage of Annex Wealth Management Naples clients who come to us with the majority of their money in 401ks or IRAs? 
recent studies show that I would say, based on what I read, 30 to 35% of current employees are currently participating in 401ks. I see a larger number than that. 40 or 50% or more of folks that I speak with usually have a majority of their assets in previous 401ks or IRAs. But that shift that we talked about happened back when companies, employers wanted to create a little less burden and liability on retirement plans on for themselves. And they started doing the defined contribution plans like a 401k where half of the contributions usually come from the employer, but the other part is self-funded by the employees. A lot of folks have used those, and I, I probably see a little larger percent here in Naples than um, than this national standard, I would guess. Yeah, I was surprised. 35% sounds low. For many, 401k is the first serious run at putting away money for retirement. When do people start adding IRAs into the mix? Uh, we think as soon as possible, you should. We want to be balanced. It all depends on income and your situation and all and all those sorts of things. But if you can save money now instead of waiting 10 years to start, you know, there's compound return that's going to be in your favor. So as soon as possible, but everybody's situation is a little bit different. This is where planning comes in. People are at a company, they got the 401k, and if they're going to leave, they got a decision to make. They need to do something with it. They roll it over to the new company's 401k or, or they roll it into an IRA. What do you tend to see, or at least like to advise to those people when they leave a company, should they roll it over into a new company or should they roll it into an IRA? There's a few factors that go in there, but I haven't seen a the new company's investment choices and 401k choices and investment plan that is so awesome that it's better than moving assets to an IRA. With an IRA, you can invest in anything. And if you have some time and desire to you know, pick good investments and you know, make good decisions, you can, or you can get help. But the uh, flexibility of an IRA definitely outweighs 401ks. However, there are some circumstances where if you've accumulated employee stock in your retirement plan and a significant amount, and there's some significant capital gains there, there's some one-time advantages, tax advantages to think about. So we'd have to do you know discussion about that if that's the case with clients as well. Other things like that that could come up, but um, in general, yeah, we would say an IRA is more flexible than you know going to the new 401k with those assets. Now there are IRAs and then there are Roth IRAs. What's the difference and how do you view them as being a part of a well-planned out investment and retirement strategy? Again, we like to be balanced because you never know when the legislation and rules of from the IRS are going to change. They changed a few times in the past couple of years. Usually when you're putting money into a regular 401k or IRA, you get a tax deduction. However, if you make too much money, that may not be available for you as getting a tax deduction if you use an IRA. Then there's also Roth IRAs where you're putting money into these or Roth 401k Roth versions where you're not getting a tax deduction or the idea is you're putting money away now, not getting a deduction, but it's going to grow over 10, 15, 20 years, be a lot bigger number. And when you take it out later in life, you don't have to pay income on it where the regular 401k or IRA you do. There's reasons if you're a high earner in, in your high earning years that you might need a tax deduction that you would use 401k, regular 401k or IRAs more. If that's not the case or you want to be balanced, you could still look at putting partial money into the 401k Roth version or Roth IRAs. Again, the IRA portion has income limits and things like that. So depending on how much you make, there's you may or may not be able to use them. But in the end, we want you to be retired with a balance of assets because rules are going to change. So your income and tax efficiency, you'll have more choices if you're balanced of having both types you know, later on in life. 
And we got a really good piece of IRA Roth conversions on our YouTube channel put together by our financial planning team. If you're interested, that's AnnexWealth.com on YouTube. As always, Annex Wealth Management is ready to assist with investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We're fee-only fiduciary. That's important. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. Good to speak with you. More to come. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Spring is here and hope is in the air in Southwest Florida. Is your investment and retirement plan ready? It's time to move forward. At Annex Wealth Management, we're a fee-only fiduciary, which means our focus is your plan, not what we can sell you. Our job is simple. Provide clear, concise guidance for your investment, retirement, tax, and estate plan. All of it. First step, visit AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. There is a significant difference between financial advisors. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. Start today at AnnexWealth.com. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Joined by Dan Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. I'm going to guess there are a lot of satisfying aspects of what our clients experience when they work with Annex. You know, there's that first meeting. People are kind of curious about what it is that Annex Wealth Management can do for them. And there's that moment that they become clients to the time that we start working on a well-crafted investment and retirement plan. That is a total team effort. It is on our part, but we can't discount the whole fact that it takes from anybody this sense of self-awareness and a little good old-fashioned selfishness to say, you know what? I'm worth it. I'm going to put myself through this exercise. I'm going to take the time and invest in myself, and I'm going to plot out my future. It can seem like this really daunting task and can feel time-consuming and feel overwhelming. And what Annex does beautifully is break it down, make it step-by-step, and encourage all the while with those little bits so that we take a huge could be dodgy test break it down and make it doable all the time I hear as a wealth advisor gosh you know I've just been waiting to do this and finally I said why wait anymore and that's just it yep assisting our clients on that journey is amazing. Maybe one of the most gratifying is when we can help them accomplish a task of charitable giving that not only fills their hearts, but also makes sense from a financial standpoint. Sometimes we think, estate plan, what am I going to leave behind? And I'll be gone and, you know, I won't yep. know it. But to be able to accomplish that, it takes financial planning. It takes knowing the oxygen mask is on yourself first, and then you can give back and make your soul sing while you're alive. Yep. And there's many ways to charitable give. You can do it outright with cash or stock, other assets, qualified charitable distributions, charitable gift annuities, charitable trust, family foundations. I mean, there's a bunch. What we're going to concentrate on here is what's called donor-advised funds. We're also going to tell you about an upcoming webinar about them. You can learn a whole lot more. What we'd like to do here is know the difference when it comes to donor-advised funds. And maybe let's start with a broad definition. Well, they're actually the fastest-growing charitable giving vehicles in the U.S. They're like a, a charitable investment account. You contribute cash, securities, or assets to a donor-advised fund, which is a 501c3. Your gift is irrevocable, and you get an immediate tax deduction. So this fund can then grow, potentially tax-free, passes along the money to charities that you care about and recommend. And it, that can be basically any IRS qualified public charity. Right. And charitable giving should make financial sense. There's no problem at all talking about tax deductions for charitable giving. 
What's changed over the years that people need to know? Well, in 2017, so a law was passed that started in 2018. It was a seismic change, in fact, with the current tax tables, and the standard deduction actually got a lot larger. The individual and couple deduction got a lot bigger, so it made it harder to itemize going forward and even now. And this did create a limit in the tax benefit of donating to charity, so we had to be a little creative. Now there is a deduction limitation on state and local taxes called assault deduction as well, including property taxes of $10,000. So you can't itemize any taxes, state and local and property, beyond that $10,000. The standard deduction for 2021, let's talk about married filing jointly, it's $25,100. That means you'd have to have deductions to itemize over and above that amount to make it worthwhile to itemize. Now, I know we'd all love to be that charitable, but uh, this did generate actually a disincentive for some people to give to charity from a tax benefit. So we're here to say there are other ideas to consider if you can't itemize, like QCDs, Qualified Charitable Distributions from an IRA, Donor Advised Funds, and Lumping Deductions. Dean Phillips is Director of Client Learning Development at CFP and is CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about donor advised funds. Where are they on the complexity scale? Probably a little bit higher and they take a little bit more planning? A little bit. You know, you have to be sure that your financial plan for First off, takes care of your own needs, and then you carve out what it is you want to give. This is a numbers game, and when it comes to the potential tax benefit, it's a numbers game also. It all comes together in that financial plan. You never want to let the tax tail wag the dog, but you want to determine what you'll give, work with a planner, make it efficient. You have several options for contributing to a a donor advised fund. You do need a custodian that supports these funds, so you can't just go to your bank, open an account, and call it a donor advised fund. But there are Actually, over a thousand donor advised fund sponsoring organizations in the U.S. They fall into many categories, including community foundations that will take your donation and support the charity of your choice. And remember, you get that tax benefit. So, if a client wants to be charitably oriented, they would describe what they want to do. We would look at what they have, and then we would trigger a conversation saying, do it this way, this way, this way, and that might include that donor advice fund. Absolutely right. It might. And so this webinar that we're going to be giving coming up covers some different ways to charitably give with a focus on those DAFs, those donor advice funds. And we do have a couple of webinars coming up to what you need to know about donor advice funds. Let's talk about when they are. So next Wednesday at 1 p.m., that's the 21st at 1 p.m. So there is time to sign up. You can sign up at AnnexWealth.com slash events, or just look for the events tab. Join us. It's investigating donor advised funds. Know the difference. And this also happens, as a repeat, on May 5th. Right. You know, some of the investigating series have been so popular that we've been doing them all again. Nice. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. 
This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button if you're in town for the U.S. Open this weekend, the Pickleball Championship. Have you guys ever played pickleball? Well, it I, looks, it I looks have like a, a friend who's really, really good. Keith Salisbury is really good at it. Yeah. Down, I mean, down here. Well, I don't have the knees left anymore, and so maybe that's what the golf course is for, right? Exactly. I don't think pickleball is that strenuous on your knees. It's a much smaller it's course. Smaller you don't course. really have to you know, move around too much. So if you play with me, I'll cover most of the court <laughs> for you. I was going to say, exactly. you, you let me know. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer, Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. And there's uh, so much that we can, that people can do in their portfolios, but what we're seeing right now is different asset classes are beginning to move. And we saw that the NASDAQ certainly uh, was in correction territory a bit earlier, but small caps and value stocks are certainly getting a lot of attention. Yeah, small cap value in particular has had a really nice bounce off those March lows. Remember, value is kind of discarded as a, as a strategy. Some some managers actually you know, saw a huge redemption and forced their performance to be worse than it would have been otherwise. And let me just do a quick uh, primer course here, the difference between a value and a growth stock. Well, a value stock essentially is a company that is seen to be cheap on a relative or absolute basis against other stocks in the indexes, where growth stocks tend to be more highly priced because you know, there's a lot more um, growth baked in. And to, and, to, their, to their earnings and to their, their net income. Yeah, and they tend to trade at higher multiples as right. well. And the, the, the divergence between growth and value over the last decade has been unprecedented. And it's really, we're just in the first year of a resurgence of value stocks. And I think that's important because you most showed me people, that chart. I hate to jump in, but you showed me that chart, which was stunning. It's like the largest gap between growth and value that we've seen. It is. And and the thing is, m- many of these indexes, like the S&P 500, is a market cap weighted index. So when people buy the S&P 500, they're really not buying the diversification they think they are because the growth stocks are now a bigger concentration in that index. So it's the S&P 500 is going to be an interesting benchmark over the next couple of years because a lot of those big growth stocks may very well just go sideways as they digest the gains they already seen. And so you look at uh, where you're investing, and of course we talk about small, mid, and large cap in value and growth, but the other place that clearly we're paying attention to is international stocks, and we see um, when there's bottomings out in certain places, but China is really starting to move forward again. And that's again a manifestation that we just talked about with the S&P, because overseas markets, like in Europe, they don't have anywhere near the concentration in technology and healthcare companies that we do in the United States, where we're the global innovation leader. Uh, So those indexes naturally lag when technology was a leadership sector globally. If that starts to change and more cyclical areas like in financials, basic materials and the rest uh, start to get a bid and see accelerating earnings growth, you could see a rotation overseas as well, which would, would, would actually support international stocks. And you think about international stocks and what's happening, and we'll bring it back to the golf industry as, as we liked to do, but there was 50 million more rounds of golf played in this last year than there was in the year before. And so you talk about supply chain, and that's the reason why I bring it up, is right now some of those places have a four-mile line long of ships ready to come in and drop off products. One of those was a uh, was a ship full of golf equipment, and if the stuff fell off the ship and into the water, so uh, supply oh. chain, yeah, that's not good. But a supply chain is an issue. You mean versus just throwing the iron into yeah, the that's pond? Exactly. That's the reason why you needed a new 7-iron, Derek, because it didn't float. Uh, but 
But anyways, uh, in all seriousness, supply chain is an issue. We need to pay attention to it because it's going to cause inflation. Well, and it's not only happening with uh, golf clubs. It's happening with semiconductors, which are crucial to the, the rollout of 5G, for example. It's happening in the housing industry where there's a lack of inventory. I think you mentioned a couple of weeks ago there are more realtors than there are homes available right. for sale. Right. Um, so there are all sorts of bottlenecks. And the Fed continues to say this is a transitory event that as the economy reopens, things will stabilize and go back to more normal levels. We will see whether that's true or not. So if you're listening to this and in any of this had made sense to you, or if it did not, uh, what you can do is go to AnnexWealth.com and set up a time to talk to one of our advisors here in Southwest Florida. And we will go through this process and look at and say, what do you own? Should you continue to hold that? Should you sell it? Should you buy something different? And we'll go through that entire portfolio. We'll show you what you're really paying and costs. A lot lot of times that's a shock to individuals. And we talk about trading costs and what platform you're on. And lastly, we'll give you a framework of what it should look like going forward. Is the money that you have, is it sustainable? And Danny, there's a process to go through this process that people can go through on a very easy basis. Sure. And like Dave mentioned, it starts at AnnexWealth.com. We have a strong commitment to uh, educating our clients as well. Just want to remind you real quick, investigating donor advised funds, know the difference. That's going to come up pretty quick. It's on Wednesday at 1 p.m. You can register at AnnexWealth.com. Look for the events tab. Financial self-defense happens uh, a little bit later on in April. Budgeting and retirement in May. In June, investing with confidence. That is part of our Women in Wealth webinar series. Again, AnnexWealth.com slash events. If you're looking for one team that can handle investment and retirement planning and tax planning and estate planning under one roof. One plan, it's complete plan, not off the shelf. It's customized for you and your situation. Most important, it's one fee. We're a fee-only fiduciary, zero commissions. That is complete fee transparency. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. And Dave Spano, president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks to you. Thank you, Danny. See you in a week. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.